With Halloween just around the corner, my family has plenty of tricks and treats planned. But thanks to Pampers, one thing I have never been afraid of is a leaky diaper. Fear no leaks with new and improved Pampers Swaddlers, now featuring a blowout barrier at the back waist that helps prevent up to 100% of leaks, even blowouts. We've always looked forward to getting the girls dressed up for Halloween when they were babies. And with Pampers, we knew that in addition to being absolutely adorable in their costumes, they would be dry, clean, and comfortable. With Swaddlers, you can rest assured that you have superior leak protection while keeping baby skin healthy. Pampers Breathe Free Liner wicks away wetness, allowing baby skin to breathe, while the lockaway channels help keep baby skin dry and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Pamper Swaddlers are available in sizes newborn to size 8 and now feature designs with the newest animal characters, Shiloh the Elephant and Freddy the Duck. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. A little update on our March 27th live recording of Latina to Latina. You did it. You sold out our early bird tickets. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There is still time to grab your regular tickets while they last. Again, the details. We are partnering with our friends at Poderistas to bring you a conversation with New York Times bestselling author Sochil Gonzalez. It is happening at the William Vale in Brooklyn on March 27th. You can find the link to purchase tickets on our Instagram page at Latina to Latina or online at Alicia Menendez XO. I cannot wait to see you. Chef Claudia Sandoval was making ends meet as a solo mom when a friend suggested she auditioned for a new reality show, Master Chef. Claudia went for it, even in the face of criticism from those she loves most, and she won. But that is not even the most interesting part of her story. What is really fascinating is what happened after. She started a catering business and culinary consultancy. She worked as a judge on Telemundo's MasterChef Latino and started to make plans to open a brick and mortar eatery. Then the pandemic hit and Claudia's big dream went from just within reach to impossible. Claudia opens up about the toll that took on her mental health, the opportunity to prove her proof of concept, and the meaning behind her new Discovery Plus show, Taste of the Border. Chef Claudia, thank you so much for doing this. Of course. Thanks so much for having me. Growing up in San Diego, it was your mom and your grandmother who were the cooks in your home. What was it that they were cooking? Oh my gosh, like just super traditional Mexican food, everything from, you know, like beans and rice and all of that stuff to really, really more complex stuff that like you don't even really see in San Diego, like Asado Mazatleco. Uh, my family is originally from Mazatlan, Sinaloa. So there was like a lot of fresh seafood, a lot of soups, <laughs> especially when it was hot, because that's like so like the Latina thing to do, right? But yeah, lots of kind of very authentic, traditional Mexican food, lots of tortilla making, all of that. I want you to take me back to, I, I don't know if it's 2014 or 2015. Do you pursue reality TV or does reality TV pursue you? So way back when, 2014, even before that, I ran an Instagram community called Instagrammer San Diego. And one of my kind of co-curators, moderators for IGR San Diego, Lauren Galloway, 
was managing a community online for kind of like these debriefs after the show, like, oh my God. And then Claudia told Derek, right? Because she was kind of very ingrained in the MasterChef community, she got first dibs on knowing when the auditions were going to be. And so she reached out to me and she was like, Claudia, I know you're like carving your way and doing all of these things. However, I also know that the majority of the stuff that you post on Instagram is food. (laughs) And so she's like, I feel like you should totally do this. Now, at that point, I had already been a single mom for many, many years, but I remembered when MasterChef originally started, and I want to say that it was like Jennifer Bem had just won. And I remember my ex-husband back then going, oh, you could totally cook all of that. Like, you know, like even he was like, you should go on this show. So when she brought it up, I kind of laughed and I was like, oh my gosh, that's so funny that you say that. You're not the first person to tell me that I should go on this show. So it really wasn't like they looked for me or like I was looking to be on a reality show. I think it was just like, I love to cook. Maybe I should try and do this and see if, you know, it's an opportunity to change my life. And it was. (laughs) Needless to say. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, no, it's been completely... I can't believe sometimes that this is my life. So it's it's all it's very exciting, <laughs> even this many years after, you know. Well, the way that you put it in one of your bios is you decided that your life at that moment wasn't enough, right? And it, which I get sort of the sense of like playing it safe, playing it small. Can you take me back to that moment? Because making that decision, that's the actual life changing moment, not the reality show itself. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think... You know, listen, I think as especially as a single mom, right, not to mention that I left my marriage with nothing, literally nothing. Everything that was in my apartment up to that point had been donated to us. I had moved from a county government job to um, kind of establishing my own space in this advertising agency and created a position. Even I created an experiential event marketing manager position so that I could transition from where I started to where I was. But even then with the cost of living in San Diego, I was living paycheck to paycheck and sometimes not even paycheck to paycheck, right? I was still like negative $34 because something like was just over, right? I remember back then I had a blog called The Adventures of a Single Latina Mama, which is for sure still up. Um, And I remember writing a blog about how one day my daughter asked me for pizza and I like literally only had like $4 in my pocket. And I was I like stopped in my tracks and it was like as as if the world stopped, you know. And so um, when you're like responsible for another life, it's a little, (laughs) you know, it puts an added pressure on you. You think to yourself, there's no way that I can be irresponsible and go out on a limb and try to do this thing that has the potential of making me lose my job. You know, there's a lot of risk when you go on a show like this. And so. Yeah, I went through it. My mom and me got into a huge fight before I left. I've never even talked about that. But, you know, she had kind of had that whole like, how are you going to be so responsible to leave your daughter for this many weeks and this many months for like a chance? And I'm like, Mom, it's a chance. It's a chance at changing our lives. Like, why wouldn't I take that chance? I think it was also one of those moments where it's like, fight or flight, you know, like, it's like, what do you what else do you do? You know, and you fought, you fought. And you won. So hard. So hard. <laughs> yeah. When my babies were going through their exploration stage, I had so much to worry about. Falling over, bumping heads. What did she just put in her mouth? The list was endless. But when they were in pamper swaddlers, I knew I never had to worry about a leaky diaper. 
Swathers are great for both baby and mommy. They keep your baby's skin healthy and dry with Pampers Breathe Free Liner, which wicks away wetness, allowing your baby's skin to breathe. Swathers have always given me peace of mind knowing that diaper rash and leaky diapers were not in our future. There's also the blow-up barrier at the back waist to help prevent up to 100% of leaks, even blow-ups. Pampers Swathers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic and free of parabens and latex. Your baby deserves that. And they're available in a wide range of sizes from newborn to size 8. And now feature designs with the newest animal characters, Shiloh the Elephant and Freddy the Duck. Having a diaper you can depend on is important. And it's why I have always loved Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today to start earning rewards with every diapers and wipes purchase. Not to mention, get great parenting content with Pampers Club. Hey, Red, what are you up to? Just making sure all the M&M's gifts are wrapped and the balls filled. Remember that one holiday party when we had no M&M's? Oh, boy, I still have nightmares. The cookies? Yeah, you used all the M&M's candies that were meant to decorate the party treats to decorate snowmen. You did it again, didn't you? <laughs> they do look cute, though. Bringing cheer. M&M's for all fun kind. Hi, Latina to Latina listeners. It's Brenda from Tamarindo Podcast. And if you love Latina to Latina, then we know that you're going to love Tamarindo Podcast. And if you're in the L.A. area and can't make it to the Latina to Latina live event, we'd like to invite you to our event on March 28th. At 6.30 p.m., we're hosting Amigas Blossoming, a night of celebrating and cultivating blossoming friendships. This will be in Highland Park, and all the details to RSVP for free are at tamarindopodcast.com forward slash events. I got to go back to the fight with your mom. Once you won, did she understand it? Oh, no. Like, it didn't even take that long. <laughs> no, because I would call, like, you get a 10-minute phone call once a week. So I ended up like calling my mom at some point and being like, hey, I've gotten further. And she's like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. It's funny because close to the end, actually, when we were in the top three, I called my mom and was like, or she called me, excuse me. Um, and I was like, listen, I'm going to sabotage. Like, I'm going to I'm going to get myself out of this competition. And she was like, whoa, what the hell? <laughs> Yeah, like it, it, she was like, whoa, wait a minute. Like I didn't raise a quitter. And I'm like, you didn't even want me to come out here. <laughs> you know, but I think it also taught my mom something really important, even about herself, you know, because now like we've even had the conversation. She's like, you know what this all taught me, she said the other day was like something along the lines of like, why didn't I ever go on that show? Like why? Like I'm the one that taught you how to cook. And I'm like, agreed. I think there's a tendency to think that you have success and then everything is just up from there, just like ascendancy nonstop. And I think one of the things you learn if you're lucky in your 30s and your 40s is that it is much bumpier than all that. Oh, yeah. And I think for you in particular, the fact that it's like you have this big splashy win, you parlay it into your catering and consulting business, you're doing all of these major brand partnerships. And then you make the decision that you want to open a brick and mortar bakery and you kickstart, you raise money and boom, the pandemic. The pandemic. Comes in. Yeah. Take no, me back yeah. to I, that time. Yeah. I think like for many years, a lot of people don't know this, right? But you know, your contract with 
the production company for a show like MasterChef ties you with them for a minimum of three years. And so I think my thought process was like, I don't want to do anything if it continues to be tied to somebody else. I want it to be my own. I don't care if it's small. I just want it to be mine. I don't want to have investors. I don't want to have other people who are going to try to make me serve guacamole and chips and salsa. You know, I want to be able to serve food the way my family would serve it in Mazatlán, Sinaloa, you know. And so the original plan was to open up a restaurant. And um, there's a great organization called the Women's Business Center in National City, California. I grew up in National City. So I spoke to my friend, the mayor, who sister I was like in the ASB with. So just so you know, it wasn't like now I'm schmoozing with mayors. No, it's like we we literally all kind of grew up together. So anyway, so she was like, you've got to go work with them. So worked with them. They helped me create the business plan, create like projections and financials and like I went through like what any small business owner would do, right? And then I thought I was going to have more work or I thought better yet that MasterChef Latinos was going to be renewed and then it wasn't. And that was like a huge heartbreak for me because we were doing so well and ratings were great. And so I just didn't understand it. And so it was that blow, right? And so then I didn't tell anybody that because I wasn't allowed to. So then I was like, well, what do I do? And I sat with my best friends, uh, Mikey and Michelle, sat down with them and was like, what am I going to do with my life? And they were like, you've got to keep going forward with this plan. Like, why don't we just start a Kickstarter? So then the next meeting I had with the Women's Business Center, I told them that I wanted to do this. And they were like, that's a good idea. But like, it would be a better idea if you got a loan, like a loan from a friend or a mom. And I was like, my parents aren't like your, you know, they don't have money to like, let me borrow $100,000. Like, that's not the kind of family I grew up with. And so they're like, okay, well, fine. That's fine. If you go forward with this Kickstarter, but we want to talk to you about your business. And so then they were like, we've noticed that there's been like, I don't know, something like 30% increase in the amount of restaurants that had just opened in San Diego. I was like, shoot. And so they were like, let's talk about that backup idea you had. And I was like, okay, let's, let's talk about it. So Cochi Dorado, there is no upscale kind of, if you look around all of the United States, right, we have all these upscale French petitserie, right? And I'm like, why can't like Mexican bread have that moment? And yeah, we moved forward with Cochi Dorado and I had filled out all of the paperwork, done all of the work. We raised 50, I think $59,000, something like that. Uh, I want to say it was like March 11th, roughly March, March 11th. I had reached out to my SBA person and I was like, hey, when are we going to sign docs so that we can start this? Because um, I got word that like they can start April 1. And then I reached back out and I was like, hey, March 12th. Actually, they just told me that they can start on March 20th. Like, can we do this? Like, let's go, you know. And so no response. And I was like, what is going on? Of course, as you and I both know, already in those times, we were already starting to hear that cases were going up and cases were going up and cases were going up. And so we were all like a little weary. And I felt it like I felt it in my gut and I knew that something bad was going to happen. Like I knew it like I just knew it. And that's why I think I kept pressing and pressing and pressing. So then when the world shut down on the 17th, I want to say I emailed her immediately and I was like, I haven't heard anything back from you. What's going on? She waited until like, I want to say like two or three days later, reached back out and was like, the SBA has decided not to issue any more loans to any new businesses because of the pandemic and because of the shutdown. There's no way that anybody's going to be able to work. There's no way that you're going to be able to sell. So why would we invest in new business? And I was like, what? Because mind you, at this point, I was just waiting for like the go. 
right? So on my end, I had already paid for architects. I had already paid the construction workers to come out and scope everything out. I had already like, like just so many things. Like I had already paid for first last deposit on a location. I'm not joking. Like I want to say like maybe like 75% of the money that I had raised in the Kickstarter was gone. I was just broken. Like I was completely broken. I didn't know what to do. Like I felt like I had invested like seven months of my life at that point, more than that, probably all for it to just be like right through my fingers, you know, just was such like a gut punch on top of knowing that I didn't have MasterChef Latinos to fall back on. You know, I went through a really, really tough depression and then I was being attacked by local uh, media saying, well, where's the money? Where's the money for all of her Kickstarters? Not knowing, of course, that I had already emailed all of my Kickstarters and said, if you want a refund, I will gladly refund you. Only three people requested a refund because they were all like, no, this isn't your fault. This is crazy. All of us are affected right now, you know? The world is crazy. Hi, Latina to Latina listeners. It's Brenda from Tamarindo Podcast. And if you love Latina to Latina, then we know that you're going to love Tamarindo Podcast. And if you're in the L.A. area and can't make it to the Latina to Latina live event, we'd like to invite you to our event on March 28th at 6.30 p.m. We're hosting Amigas Blossoming, a night of celebrating and cultivating blossoming friendships. This will be in Highland Park, and all the details to RSVP for free are at tamarindopodcast.com forward slash events. How did you pull yourself out of that period of depression? I didn't. Somebody else did, being honest. Um, I didn't. I was in a really, really rough place. And um, I was just, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I was like non-functional, which is like, I mean, obviously a sign of depression, right? Um, I was sleeping all the time, sleeping way too much, not calling people, not responding to texts, because obviously everybody was like, are you okay? And I understand that. I understand the wanting to like, make sure that I'm okay. But I was so distraught and so heartbroken. And it was just not a good time. And Chef Maeve from Sugar and Scribe reached out and she was like, you are so much better than this. Like, get it together. And I was just like, I just, I just don't, I don't like I, I because a lot of people don't know this. Right. But I had invested in like logos and like printed stickers and, and purchase bags because that's all the stuff that you have to buy in advance because it takes months to make. Right. So I was like, what am I going to do with all these boxes? What am I going to do with all these bags? Like, what am I going to do, Maeve? And she was like, just come have breakfast with me. And I was like, okay. We sat down and she's like, so I have an idea. And I was like, okay. She's like, how about you come and do a pop-up here? And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, you already have everything in place. You knew where you were going to be baking. Why don't you find a commercial baking space and just do like a pop-up out of here? And I was like, like a day pop-up? And she's like, no, like a month-long pop-up. And I was like, what? And she's like, listen, if Cochi Dorado can't live for the rest of its life, then that's fine. But like, at least all of you people who invested, all of those people who believed in you, all of the people who wanted to see this all come to fruition, who have been looking at all of your pictures, will get to taste what they were craving and, and wanting. And I went home and was just like, and I'm not joking. Within like three days, I was like, okay, I, I got it. I got the place. I got the thing. Like, let's do this. And she's like, are you serious? And I was like, yep. We sold out every single day. We would open at eight o'clock and by noon, we were already sold out of everything. And I, when I say everything, I mean like over 2,500 pastries. So it was like insane. And like, it also made me believe like I wasn't 
I wasn't crazy. Like, this is something that could have lived, you know? And it just, I think even like now it still bums me out because it was a good idea. It is a good idea. And I don't know whether I have, I mean, I, I, I know I do. I know I have it in me, but I just don't know whether I have like the resiliency right now to do it again. You know, it's like, it's almost like when you get cheated on right <laughs> And you're like, I don't know whether I want to jump into another relationship again. I don't know whether I want to jump into another business again. It sucks. It sucks, you know, and I guess like the like the the whole Dory thing, like just keep swimming kind of applies, you know, like you just can't give up. And 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 for so many of us, you know, the bounce back hasn't been as wonderful as everybody kind of claims it, it is. You know, it's been a it's been a slow bounce back. You know, it's it's been more of a crawl back, but we're crawling still. So still movement. <laughs> Speaking of movement, talk to me about where Taste of the Border fits in to this next Claudia 3.0. Taste of the Border, man, I developed Taste of the Border with Authentic Entertainment something like four or five years ago. And everybody said no to that project because it was too, with that current administration talking so much about the border and how politically charged that topic was nobody wanted to touch it and it's it's incredibly frustrating because the show was never meant to be political it was guys I don't care what your politics are we can all gather around a table and agree on delicious food right and really it was more about the commingling of cultures across both sides of the border right and so I had the best crew that I have ever worked with the first day I met my director he goes let's win an Emmy and I was like, you get me, like you get me, like you understand what I'm trying to do, which is to tell people stories, you know, and I know it because I was, I grew up as a border town kid. My mom was a border town kid. All of my friends and family, my kids, godparents, you know, work on the other side of the border and we come back and forth all the time. And so I knew the richness of culture living on the border and I knew how foreign it was because when I started traveling and explaining that to people, they were like, what do you mean you cross the border to go have tacos? And I was like, yeah, like I cross the border and then I go have tacos and then I'm back in the United States in like 15 minutes. And they were just like, what? There are like 75,000 people that cross every single day. Like, do you understand that? And they're like, wait, what? And so a lot of it really is ignorance. And my thought process was, Let's just gather around a table and have conversations about how you were inspired by your region, by migration, by whatever it is. And let's share that story. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this, Claudia. Of course. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Latina to Latina is executive produced and owned by Juleka Lantigua and me, Alicia Menendez. Paulina Velasco is our producer. Florence Burrow Adams mixed this episode. We love hearing from you. Email us at hola at latinatolatina.com. Slide into our DMs on Instagram or tweet us at latinatolatina. Check out our merchandise at latinatolatina.com slash shop. And remember to subscribe or follow us on Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Good Pods, or wherever you're listening right now.
a little update on our March 27th live recording of Latina to Latina. You did it. You sold out our early bird tickets. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There is still time to grab your regular tickets while they last. Again, the details. We are partnering with our friends at Poderistas to bring you a conversation with New York Times bestselling author Sochil Gonzalez. It is happening at the William Vale in Brooklyn on March 27th. You can find the link to purchase tickets on our Instagram page at Latina to Latina or online at Alicia Menendez XO. I cannot wait to see you.